Alright. I'm gonna start this podcast with a place for this practice. Just because I think it's it's my thing now. I I don't think many other people have thought about this. But then I'll talk about some other ideas that I think are new, but obviously caveats, they feel like they're new to me, I can't (laughs) research everything, I'm just trying to make sure I get them out there, so that if someone thinks I'm plagiarized, then later when I get the time to write and do the proper research, anyone that hasn't checked out the episode that explains what placefulness practice is, I'm trying to mix some of my research into what place is about as experienced from the first person perspective and some of the meditation practice which I've held for eight or nine years I think. Uh, so, uh, yeah, basically the, 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 the core idea here is that for most people the barrier that I think to meditation is the fact that they have to sit still uh, while their mind is going all over the place uh, and ultimately some approaches in meditation practice actually take a direct approach that's more broad that gets you to try and understand that your experience there's nothing in it that points to there being a center in the middle rather than you have a full open experience uh, and remove the contraction kind of have a uh, way of full being and that's very much in line with some of the, the ways that uh, I know definitely the people that I follow in and around discussions around place and what it means, this, how it's part of our identity, but broad. So uh, merging these two worlds together, I'll just do a small combo of showing how walking around the place where I live and just noticing the things that I notice both uh, on the street around me or uh, parts of my body it just combines both so it shows the non-duality between inside and outside uh, as a matter of the experience right so just uh, becoming aware of steps as I go on the rail bridge and now being aware of my and the bike that just And the annoyance of the billboard that has a new brand of a beer just literally rips off another brand for this kind of stuff. You know, this is why. I know this is a sign of the industrial estate that I've never met before. 
I'm constantly screwing this. Very familiar. I know. There's no point in turning around to look if the car is coming. I know they never turn here. So, yeah, I find these grounding and a bit trivial though, and a bit wishy washy, and a bit woo woo, and feels really uncomfortable to do them while recording, but I, I don't know. I feel like that about a lot of the stuff I record on this podcast. Uh, that's the whole point. I've got loads of other places and loads of other jobs that I do where I have to think about something having an end goal or a commercial end or a research output. This is just pure new ideas. Good the fun of it. I love it. Right, so. What should I cover first? Uh, I'm too excited about one of the ideas, but then I'll go for the exciting one. I'm doing this for my own fun. Alright, so I've had this idea for a while, but then I double checked it with an engineer and he thought it was profound as well. So here's here it goes. So Recently, there's been this guy from Google saying that a linguist, a language-based bot has become sentient. I mean, this is so nonsense on so many levels, and like anyone that mistakes language for reality is a, going to be polite, but it's out of the cognitive sciences. I don't know. It's like a... Ugh. Uh, maybe it's, it's an anglophone thing. I mean... I've learned English, and still there are so many things that I try to translate and all here, like between languages, and it's not the same, but I can convey it without language. It's not the be all and end all, literally. So, even on those grounds, it's a silly claim to make. Uh, and then everybody's like, oh, but how would we know if something is sentient so because they they deeply deep inside the people that are engineers they also want to do philosophy philosophy feels good it's you know just thinking being brave and bold is and your thinking is exciting it feels good you can almost get higher uh, but uh, they also do the usual they encroach on the territory of other disciplines that have been thinking about something for thousands of years and then go like, oof, just give us enough time and enough, let's assume, full information and then we'll solve it, right? everyone can do that. Uh, But without being flippant to the idea. So, everyone thinks about what are good enough tests for something to show its um, sentience. And they've got the traditional Turing test, which obviously just means like, can you bypass someone else's perceptions? It's like a, you know, if someone else thinks you're sent in, then you're sent in. That's just like lying. Can it lie? Like that's not a good test of intelligence. And then, then you have to peer review the, the the person who's decided. It's a it's a shit show. And then also, I I think people don't realize. I think that's that's also an idea that I think many are having, but they should. As soon as the, these claims start being made, someone will figure out how 
should how to legally say that AI is sentient and then it should have legal rights. When it has legal rights, it's, it's a similar issue like you have with corporations where once you're a limited company and your limited company is on the Bahamas, it has your money, it doesn't have to pay tax. Same thing with AI. Oh, my AI is going to be on the Bahamas. It doesn't need to pay tax uh, because it's not me. Ah, this is going to be a loophole. And then it, you know, they already tried that with, you know, we don't know what's in the data. Only the AI knows the data, so we're not breaching GDPR. I'm pretty sure that case is being made by certain companies. But that's not the, the thought that I think is original. I think it would be interesting to ask an AI to prove its, you know, being, full being, if it can show us, if it can meditate. Right? Shows then that you can be aware of awareness itself, of your full being, and then maybe we can have a conversation. It's a, it's a different approach. Uh, it means not reducing being to rationality, problem solving. You know, mental tools, language, but there is a whole being. So I think that's a new idea. But right, so that's been exciting. Uh, but then also I've been doing, you know. Continuing to churn away at PhD research because I'm preparing for a conference in, in October. Uh, I've decided I'm going to drive down. I'm actually traveling with my wife and the dog just to go around France. Uh, I'm going. Submitted a, the usual abstract for the PhD and uh, also uh, an artwork uh, because I'm back. In the International Playwriting Association, there is the art gallery. We get to run so much fun because some of the stuff that we discuss is hard to capture in just uh, academic articles. I mean, you could, but then you're just, it's sometimes easier to show stuff. So I've submitted a piece uh, with uh, one of my best friends. We're gonna do. <laughs> an artist installation uh, because he wants to learn how to plaster and I just figured we're just gonna do it in one of the derelict buildings here in Bristol uh, because you know cities always get portrayed as uh, trampolines you know they, they, they can be uh, push you towards innovation and entrepreneurship try new things you know if you're in certain sectors if you're in IT creative class right and that's you know I'm not gonna lie I benefit from it I, I buy the vibe um, but Charlie's a grounds worker but he wants to learn how to do inside houses and build the whole thing himself rather than just uh, yeah. I, I don't really know no, the grounds what a groundsman does I know he's explained some stuff but anyway he wants to learn how to plaster so why should he go and pay for courses because there's courses in plastering rather than us just doing that 
I don't think we need anyone's permission for graffiti artists don't so in that kind of uh, urban culture fashion we're just gonna go and do it And then I think that leads me on to, there's another thing I'm preparing for the conference. I need to prepare my pitch because I'm going to try and get uh, to help, uh, you know, continue with the research agenda that we've got. I think one of the bits from that little gallery, but also some of the, the papers in our field are about uh, the, the need to learn from art methods and studying art uh, to understand place so I really think that the home for this kind of a discussion could be in Bristol uh, I'd really love to organize something like this uh, so there is the ideas that float around my head having discussions but there's something about urban urban culture and its maturity and its ability to to be in the in between sciences and and the arts you know uh, there's something about you know me remembering that like when i saw hip-hop and graffiti and being active outdoors and now how it's maturity calisthenics all these things that you do on paper they don't fit into anything into just the sciences and the, and the arts and yet they're so meaningful to our life so i want all of those things to be discussed well and put in their rightful position as meaningful endeavors for the full being of people and also how can they be supported uh, but Still early days. And then for the PhD analysis itself, I've been going back to basics, uh, to Husserl's work on phenomenology, ideas, reading that in original, or well, listening to it in audiobook. It's so helpful to be able to walk around listening to that because it's. I mean, the funny thing is, it sounds really hard. I'm like, I don't get what, what it means. And then I start doing my analysis. I'm like, oh, that's what it means. It's like when it talks about what's a concept, what's an idea essentially about, it's just like concentric circles of like, what's the closest thing in, in a thing that doesn't change, what's outward. And in my context, you know, for example, place identity, uh, what is it about? It's about feelings of belonging and pride, but then sometimes that alienates other people because you can become racist. All right, that's the essentially what what my data is about. So the other things are either relating to other concepts and how this concept relates to others, or about something that's off topic. Right, and then it's not like it doesn't exist. Just it's not my focus, and then I have to defend why this is the focus. I get it, but. It's been very helpful because up until now I've been going to you know levels of reduction from direct quotes to one round of interpretation, then another, then comparison, uh, then splitting into themes, then relating the themes to each other into Venn diagrams, 
and now I'm trying to see the combination of a Venn diagram between the different concepts and then within those the concentric circle of the bull eyes and how they relate to one another so and I think I'll first present you know what are the concepts essentially about but then I'll, I want to exaggerate what the relationships between the concepts are essentially about and probably that's going to be more meaningful uh, for the end discussion so how does place identity and place attachment as the combined concepts of topophilia or how people love places how does that relate to personal priorities and then people people's decisions of choosing where to live and whether they're rational or if they're not then how do they look so that's the the current situation but yeah it's uh i can see why not many people go down this road it's too detailed but i feel like every every time then i discuss it it just is so vivid in my mind because i know the data inside and out so i'm hoping it becomes a helpful piece of work all right that's it